Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Good morning. Morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, We have a, a great show for you today. We have with us Judy Matt. She is the Director, Executive Director, President, CEO, Judy. What, uh, you don't need a title. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you don't need a title. What What? What do you go by? It's president at this it's point. It's president. Okay. Yeah. All right. You don't need an introduction either. Um, Thank you. Everyone knows Judy Matt. If you don't know Judy Matt, I will tell you. Judy Matt is uh, the person who brings all those wonderful events to Springfield and this region, the fireworks. Uh, she brings us bright nights. She brings us the pancake breakfast. She brings us all those things. She brings us the big balloon parade, which goes right by my window here at 1441 Main Street. How are you, Judy? I'm good. I'm really good. Glad to be with you today. I've listened to several of your podcasts, so I'm glad to be with you. Well, I'm glad you, you're with us, too. So mm-hmm. what we want to talk about today, and, and I, we want to go over what your schedule is for 2021. Obviously, 2020 was a very difficult year for the Spirit of Springfield. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But we mostly want to focus on the future and what you think we're going to be able to do this year. And I also want to talk to you some more about what we lost last year uh, and just how important these events are to this region. Uh, you obviously put these events on. You're not exactly an objective source on this, but you're an important so these are critically important things for this region. They contribute to the quality of life here uh, to a very great degree. And not having them in 2020 uh, was a significant loss. And, and hopefully we'll have them back this year in some form or another. So, uh, so let's just get started. Again, it's a painful discussion. But let's go back and talk about 2020 a little bit. Except for uh, bright nights at the very end of the year, everything pretty much got wiped off the calendar. I remember contacting the mayor in April and I'm saying, look at mayor, we're ready to go whenever you want. We got everything lined up. He said, Judy, you know, as much as I want to do it, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. And so, you know, I mean, I knew probably that was coming, but we didn't know the extent of it. So with the pancake breakfast, which was in May, that went and and the fireworks that went. The one thing we did do last year was the September 11th remembrance ceremony. And we had 50 people outside, um, on September 11th for the, uh, for the memorial service. And then, as you know, we had to give up the ball, <clears throat> the, the parade, um, the concert, which is in, was in Symphony Hall, typically. We were able to do Bright Nights, and we were able to do the Bright Nights 5K uh, virtually. So. I'm looking at your calendar for 2021, and I'm seeing everything is, is back on. But there's a, a line underneath that says date subject to change right. due to COVID-19. I, obviously, that's an understatement. Um, probably <laughs> don't even need to put it there. But so what? Um, how op- optimistic are you that we're going to be able to pull all these things together for this year? And, and there's so many question marks. But Well, I, we are going to do the pancake breakfast, but we will not be doing it in May. Um, I spoke to Helen Carlton. Uh, Harris. And I said, Helen, what do you really think? She said, can you move it? I said, sure, we can move it. I said, uh, let's let's think about when we can move it, you know, August, September, because we can move the breakfast anytime. And we've got all of the product donations lined up. 
I'm sure we'll have the volunteers, but that is waiting guidance from the city. And the same thing with the fireworks, even though you've heard um, people say that that might happen, but there are such limited numbers that I don't think we're going to be able to have the c kinds of numbers that we have come down to the uh, to the park or wherever people are going to gather. But again, in my discussions with the mayor and with Helen, I thought, wouldn't it be great? And this is just what we'd like to do if on Labor Day weekend, on the 4th Saturday, we do the breakfast in the morning and the fireworks at night. So right now, that is what I'm hoping for. And I'm waiting to hear more information from the powers that be and the governor and Helen and the mayor. But that right now is what we would love to do. That's interesting. Let's kind yeah. of take these bit by bit here. Let, we'll talk about fireworks. Uh, yeah. Pretty hard to enforce attendance limits on fireworks. I mean, you've done this for years. Cars line the streets. Uh, people gather on Memorial Avenue and West Springfield and in downtown Springfield. You can't put out a sign that said, don't come to the fireworks. So I'm wondering what, what you're seeing nationally in terms of guidance on whether communities can have those kind of I've got to tell you, it's really a wait and see. I, I, for all the reasons you said, makes it difficult for us to produce something because we cannot, we cannot uh, monitor all these people that'll come down. We can't tell them to be six feet apart. We can't tell them all. We could dispense masks. We had talked about many things, but when all is said and done, it would be the frontline people, like the police and like the fire and like the EMTs that would be having them. It would be trying to corral the people in a proper way so that they would be doing the right thing. So right now, um, I am, I'm not optimistic. I would like to be, I'm an optimistic person, but right now I can't see how we can do that. It's not like it's a ticketed thing where you could sell so many tickets and only those right. people could come in. You just don't have that because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a free event, of course. Obviously, uh, things might change between July 4th and Labor Day, and you're, and you're hoping that they do, but um, yeah. what will be different in early September from early July? I think more people will be vaccinated, and okay. uh, it's, it's strictly whether or not the governor is going to allow it, but it's the whole vaccination process, and we're doing so well in the state right now in terms of numbers, maybe not access, but the numbers, mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that that will make a change and they will give us the go ahead in September. Uh, we have so many of our colleagues, as you know, you know them all with their fingers crossed. And our biggest one, of course, is our friends over in West Springfield, the Eastern States Exposition, mm -hmm. because um, I, the only thing I can say to their event is that they do ticketing. So they could probably limit the number of people and they are confined. They have a gate. Uh, the events we do are all outside and they have no gate. So people could come from all different directions. So um, to answer your question, George, we're just hoping it's the whole vaccination process, but we don't have a we don't have a, a an answer to that. We don't Especially have so difficult for you because a lot <laughs> of what you do is plan. You plan weeks in advance, months in advance, sometimes years in advance. Uh, putting all the pieces in place. Uh, we do some events here, but nothing on the scale that you do, and then. To do events, you have to plan, and and the well, pandemic has kind of taken that out of uh, your, the equation. Your yeah. ability, so it must be driving you nuts. Well, we have what we call activity sheets, and on the activity sheets are all the contacts and what we have to do by when. 
And when we're starting to think about this and just the action plan, that's what it is. We call it activity sheets, but it's an action plan. And right now we're getting sponsors for all these different events. You cannot wait. You have to keep going after the sponsors. For example, we have the Bright Nights Ball. We have an agreement with MGM for Saturday, November 13th. Well, what happens if they can't do it? But in the meantime, I've got to get a major sponsor for it. I've got to get all the other sponsors. And we have, the, we have meetings to come up with a theme and all the activities surrounding it. The Bright Nights, of course, is well underway, all that planning. But this is the time that I go back after all the sponsors that were with us last year. And we do a lot of recapping, a lot of uh, try to get a lot of statistics and results to go back to them. So they'll know that their, that their contribution to us and their trust in us was well worthwhile because they did get something back for it. But that's constantly in the parade. Huh, we're already talking to the balloon, uh, uh, the woman who, who we rent the balloons from. We already have the balloons in what we want. The big thing is we can't find helium. So we're out looking for helium. Last <laughs> We did it two years ago. We paid, you're ready $16,000 for helium. And it's not going to go down. It's going to go up. So, you know, you start to wonder something, some of these things, is it worth what, you know, but. Um, that's, what happened to all the helium? The helium, at one point, it was regulated by the, the uh, government and the government gave it to several private contractors. And, you know, helium is a finite resource. And so they have, the prices have gone from what I would have paid maybe seven, eight thousand for <laughs> to double that for less. And, um. They will not send you even partial if I only want to do two balloons. They will only send a tank, a tanker truck, and the tank costs so much. So it's uh, there's a lot of little things, as you said, that you're always trying to plan. But um, so we have the Bright Nights 5K road race scheduled. We did a virtual last year. 125 people signed up for it. And so this year they get first uh, dibs at whether or not they want to be in it. And then we're going to do the race. And then the Army Band concert, the holiday concert, which I like every year, we were unable to do it last year, but this year MGM has given us the tentative date of December 12th in Symphony Hall, because if we have to, we can limit that to 500, to the first 500. Well, so. let's come back to that in a minute. Uh, let's talk about Bright Nights. That was your one sure. yep. bright spot, no pun intended, from last yep. year. How did Bright Nights go, and, and what can we look forward to this year? Well, as a result of COVID, we had to make a lot of changes last year, and we had to do all ticketing online. Uh, and it worked very, very well, I must say. So even though we may not have those same restrictions, we are going to go back to that system. The problem with that, George, is it's very costly. 99 cents a ticket, 1% of the sales. So you have a very big cost there. As with um, the cold cleaning of the porta toilets, and that, that was an extra 20000 I hadn't counted on. So between the both of them, we have extra costs of COVID costs of about $110,000. Uh, on, the, on the upside for us is that every year we do a program book and that costs us about $30,000. Well, we couldn't hand anything out this year. So we did that virtually. Uh, I had some printed just to send to the sponsors so that they know that we did in fact fulfill that obligation to them. But as far as Bright Nights is concerned, we expect to do everything as we did it last year. And we're hoping to add something this year. And we have the designer from Carpenter Decorating, uh, trying to come up with a couple of new designs, not a whole exhibit, but adding mm -hmm. to an existing um, uh, exhibit. And How did you do on the bottom line? Excellent. It was an excellent yeah. year. 
And I'd like to tell you that we did some research and we contacted other lighting shows in the country to see how their years went. And mm -hmm. everyone, with the exception of a couple, did the best year. There's one called Tanglewood in uh, North Carolina. They've been in business 29 years. It's the bestest year they ever had. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Not surprising. Had, uh, people it, needed no. to get out yep. last December. They really did. And then there's one in uh, Lookout Mountain, Georgia. These are these are the big ones. They've been in business 26 years. Excellent attendance, but they in their town they had to limit the number of people that could get through. So they did lose some people because they couldn't sell the tickets. In our case, as you may know, we were limited to the time. We had to close the gates at 9:30. The most difficult thing we had to do this year was to cut that line off between the police the DPW, the parkmen, everyone trying to see how we're going to cut this off for people that have been waiting in line for two to three hours. And let me tell you, the next day, we've got a lot of a lot of calls from people who are unhappy that have come from New Hampshire or wherever. They waited two hours only to be turned away. And um, I must say, very proud to say, we called every one of those people back, offered every one of them their money back or a free ticket. And when you finish and you explain and apologize to people because we didn't have a control over that, they were all very, very receptive to that. And um, so anyway, but some of the, uh, you know, Booth Bay, Maine had, had one and they were grateful with, with their results. But um, because they had to shut it off early, um, it hurt them. And Liverpool, Lights on the Lake in Liverpool, New York, it was a record year for them, about 10,000 up. And they added an additional week to their event. So everybody, for the most part, everyone had a banner year as we did. And thank goodness for that. Thank goodness. So it's way too early for, for you to know. But um, the Bright Nights Bowl, November 13th, it's a long way away, seven, eight months now. Yep. Are you hearing anything? Uh, no. no. Make you optimistic about whether you can pull this off or not? I'm no. looking forward to getting the tux out of the closet again. It's been a long time. I don't, and so I is it still fits. You know, I'm Kevin, not bigger. I'm smaller. I don't. <laughs> Kevin Kush over at Formal Affair. You know, he has tuxedos. He had no proms. He had no weddings. He had no bright nights. So you know, uh, we're all hoping. But we are. There's nobody here at MGM. We're dealing with um, MGM in Las Vegas, uh, booking all, booking this Symphony Hall and booking the ballroom. Uh, at MGM, but they don't have a staff back yet. So it's pretty hard to plan with a, a person on board there. But we did solidify the date to hold it in place. Uh, our, my dear friend, Kathy Tobin, uh, she does the Noble Ball every year and she got to book, book hers the week before at the Mass Mutual Center. So we're all, we have our fingers crossed. You know, that you, have a, you have a date. We have a date. And that's about all you can get. Are your sponsors uh, sticking with you? I'm, I'd love to hear that the businesses in this region are are hanging by your side and supporting you in every way they can. But it, it's some, tough for some of them, too. It's one of the biggest years sponsorship-wise that we ever had. And some of them said because – well, and I must say, some of them wanted to give us money for one event, and they knew it was going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So they said, use it how you need it. And I must say, and you've heard this a hundred times, Mass Mutual is just such a shining star, and they're one of our biggest sponsors. And when you tell, when they tell you to do what you need to do, it just gives you a big relief because mm -hmm. you hate to, you can't afford to give that back, you know. And um, but sponsors, we've had sponsors, different people that would typically give it maybe to, to an event that was going on somewhere else, 
not ours, and it's not happening. So they said, you know, we're on board. So we had new sponsors this year, uh, and and uh, then we've we've never had before. So grateful is the only word that I can say to express our thanks. Grateful, grateful, grateful. They were coming out of the woodwork last year, and we were taking them, and we were thrilled to take them. Well, hopefully that will continue into this yeah. year. So. Yeah. What what has this been like for you? It, it's been hard for everybody, but uh, your agency. Tell us a little bit about it, just so people know. What I'm, I'm sure some people might think this is a huge organization with uh, <laughs> dozens of people. Uh, you can count your staff on your on one hand. Yes, uh, you do great yeah. work there. But what uh, you made it through. Uh, but what yeah. was it like? It was um, dicey, you know. Um, uh, and I think I've had this discussion with you when you did that nice piece on us uh, about bright nights. Um, you know, we did the PPP grateful for that. That we're grateful again. And the first PPP, I was able to keep my people on. And then that was forgiven. That was forgiven. We went for another PPP and it appears that this month that will be forgiven. And those were the lifelines that kept us going. We got the SBA loan, which we banked. We hadn't had to use it because we didn't know what was going to happen. We, um, we, it was hard. It was hard. Amy has been with me for 30 years. She was furloughed and uh, she was working remotely. Um, I was furloughed. I furloughed myself. I said, what's the biggest number on this sheet? And it's me. So I, I uh, went on employment for 20 weeks. And it's at some point, it's hard to say that, but if you want to keep your organization viable, that's what you have to do. And mm-hmm. after our first weekend of bright nights, I'm back on the payroll. So that was a good thing. And uh, but it's been uh, dicey. But everybody worked with us. The city, you know, when John Schobert from my board made the pitch to them about it was for the mental health of this of the residents as well. I think that's what won Helen over and the mayor over. And I've had mm-hmm. such a strong board that has stuck with it, you know. And uh, even Paul Pignelli came out of the the, uh, the woodwork to help us. And then during bright nights, you know, when we had to shut it off, they were having to shut it off so early, quarter to nine, to get them through by 930. We uh, we made our case to the lieutenant governor, and she let us go for another 45 minutes. That 45 minutes made all the difference, because prior to that time, we would have lost 39 hours of letting people come through bright nights. So uh, they let us go, and um, fortunately, we were able to recoup. But everyone was nervous, you know, our staff at the front gates. You know, usually we have... Um, Usually, you know, there's four of us, as I've told you, and bright nights, we have seasonal 56 people. Usually we have more than that because we have the gift shop. We couldn't do the gift shop this year. We couldn't do the concessions this year, but we still had our fees to pay. You know, you know this, we, we, we paid, we paid the police and they did a remarkable job with what they had to deal with this year with people coming from every direction and people not happy because they couldn't get in between uh, the license fee, the park, the police, public works. We had a lot of expenses and then the COVID expenses. So um, we were very grateful, very grateful. And this ticket spice activity that we used and had to buy into for the tickets, what was good for, what was good is that we knew roughly how many people we were going to have. And I must say big why, it was an astonishing thing that hit with Big Y. Big Y had 166% increase in the tickets sold there. And I purposely made that ticket price a lot less expensive than what you'd buy in line so the local people could go in. And so typically we'd sell like 3,400 tickets. We sold 9,991 tickets through Big Y. Through all their branches, Connecticut, Massachusetts. And that's why I said they stuck. they stepped up 
they helped us and um, everybody, I think everybody wanted to have something positive happen. And so everyone was behind us a hundred percent. So anyway. Well, hopefully we'll have a lot more positive things this year. Good, good luck to you. Thank you. Uh, You know, things are looking better out there. The, and I'm not going to say it. Okay, I guess I will. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Where, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, say it. it can't come soon enough. But uh, even with that light at the end of the tunnel, there are a lot of question marks about what 2021 is going to be like. I hope it turns out to be a good year for you. Uh, this region needs to have those events back. Those are things you cannot do virtually. <laughs> so it's not. It's uh, can't be last year. This year can't be any. Uh, worse than last year. Last year with everything that all of us had to deal with and we got through it. And so we're going to have it. I'd like to say bigger and better. We just want to have it <laughs> and uh, have it be exactly the same caliber and quality that we've done in the past. But I want that pancake breakfast out in Main Street. I want those fireworks as much as you do. Okay, and- Judy, thanks for joining us. We appreciate thank- it. Uh, good luck to you and to all your staff. Thank you very uh, much. Thank you for all you do for this region. Thanks, George. Thank you all of you for joining us. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.